Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of Masha and the Dogs. I'm Masha, and we are here to talk about dogs. All right, so this is what we're looking at exploring today. First, we're going to talk to a really exciting guest uh, that has been gracious enough to volunteer a tribute for my first ever podcast episode. His name is Jared. Say hi. Hey, everybody. It's Jared Poirier. I'm uh, Masha's fiance, and I'm super excited to be here on uh, the first ever episode of the Masha and the Dogs podcast. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great podcast, and I'm truly honored to be here on the first episode. All right, awesome. So first, we're going to talk a little bit to Jared. We're going to get to know him a little bit, and uh, mostly, though, we're going to learn about his dog, who also happens to be my dog. So I am obviously thrilled, absolutely thrilled about that. And then once we get to know them a little bit better, we're going to hop into learning about a historic hero dog from quite some time ago uh maybe something around world war one but we're gonna leave that as a bit of a surprise towards uh, that part of the episode so let's jump right into it so jared tell us a little bit about yourself who you are what do you do why should we care awesome uh i am a videographer and i have a creative agency here in toronto uh, you guys might not be that interested in that. You're probably more interested in the fact that I have my own podcast uh, called Photography Brothers with my co-host Michael Costa, uh, where we talk all things photography. And if you don't care about that either, I have a really cute dog named Sonia. Well, I, uh, I, I'm the dad of a very cute dog and uh, Masha is the mom. So we're kind of co-parenting uh, the dog here won't say that's, it's just my dog that's right so this this is correct jared it's all fine and dandy that you're telling us about yourself um but that's just to be polite really we want to know about <laughs> we want to know about your dog so tell us about your dog you know give us give us the the general deets here what's her name uh what's her breed how old is she um yeah let it paint, paint a picture here for us Awesome. Uh, so my dog's name is Sonia, and she is a 15-year-old miniature dashhound, and she's just awesome. Uh, we call her the Little Wizard. We have many nicknames for her, actually, but that's one of them. Um, everybody is in love with her. When you take her for a walk, everyone's always, like, coming after her and wanting to pet her and everything. Human, dog, it doesn't matter. Everybody loves Sonia. And uh, she's just a treasure. And uh, her, some of her favorite things, she loves sleeping in. She loves belly rubs when she's in the mood for it. And uh, number one is salmon treats. If you guys ever want to make Sonia happy, she needs some salmon treats. And you forgot to mention that Sonia uh, is actually a miniature long hair dash uh, hound. Right. Very important distinction. So she is, uh, she's a floof ball and we are currently covered in dog hair as a result. Um, so yeah, and Jerry, can you tell us about how did, how did, what's the origin story? Like how did Sonia come to be in your life? Oh, well, that's a very good question, Masha. So with me, um, all of my dogs have kind of come in a magical way. My first ever dog, Thomas, 
Uh, we found him in the woods and he just became our dog. I have never actually like bought a dog or like had to go on Craigslist and find a dog or anything like don't, that. Don't don't find don't find dogs on Craigslist. <laughs> That's not yeah. we, we don't we don't recommend you do that. Unless you want a lot of like fleas and stuff like that. But uh when I met Sonia, uh it was the same time that I met Masha, so uh basically by This is true. This is true. We met yeah. at the exact same time. <laughs> By uh, dating Masha, that was kind of my uh, point of entry to also uh, spend some time with Sonia. So if there's a cute dog out there that you really admire, uh, that's one strategy to, to get uh, more of the dog time in your life. You just have to start dating their mom. Uh, yes, he's told me multiple times when I ask him, like, what is the best thing that he likes about me? He says, uh, my dog. And then when I said, you know, when you met me for the first time, which was like my birthday party, um, what was the first thing that you noticed about me? And he, he always says, Sonia. So he, he means what he says, guys. He, he truly does. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, he, he so Jared, we, we've been dating for a long time. Well, we're engaged now and we moved in together about three years ago. So Jared became a full-time dog dad about Three years ago, is that right? And how do you how do you feel about being a full time dog dad to Sana? It's awesome. Uh, pretty much the highlight of my life. Um, the best thing is getting up in the morning and always having Sonia there. She's always, well, depending on the weather, <laughs> she's pretty excited to go for a walk. So that's like the first thing that we always do in the morning. And yeah, it just uh, really brings a lot of joy to my life having uh, such a wonderful dog as Sonia so it's been great being a full-time dog dad I have to say okay awesome and uh important thing to note here that had Sonia not liked Jared we would not be together uh, but she actually really loved him uh, from the from the first moment that she met him so that was really important to me and he has been a really great dog dad so great job Jared thanks for for filling in those uh, shoes and stepping up to, you know, to the plate with being a dog dad. Um, and, you know, here on this podcast, we're, we're really going to be talking about some heroic dogs throughout history and kind of highlighting that. But every dog owner knows that their dog is also heroic. Just because uh, they didn't make the news or, you know, we don't, they're not on Wikipedia, uh, does not mean that the, your dog is not a hero. We all know that every dog is a hero. So part of what we're going to be discussing here on this podcast with, with you, Jared, is we want to know what makes Sonia your hero? Like what, what is it about this tiny under 10 pound floof ball um, that makes her your hero uh, that, you know, you would want like the CNN to talk about? Yeah, for sure. Well, there's lots that uh, CNN could report on with regard to Sonia. Um, like I said, she's a very cute and very adorable dog, and everyone is always uh, loving Sonia and all of that. But in addition to that, she's also a very tough dog, and she's taught me a, a lot of lessons about uh, toughness and persevering through adversity. Uh, she was like bit by a big dog. She's had uh, a few problems in her life. Now her eyes are kind of going. Uh, she's getting a little bit blind in her old age. She is 15. Uh, even for a small dog, that's pretty old. But she still keeps a positive attitude. Uh, it doesn't really bother her that much that she can't see or that she got bit by a big dog before. 
anymore. Um, she is still a very happy dog, and every day she's waking up, she's having her salmon treats, she's going for her walk, and she's enjoying life, and I think that that's uh, a real inspiration to all of us out there. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. Well, especially I think like, um, you know, coronavirus days, we've been uh, yep. having to stay at home a lot and not really go anywhere. And that can get pretty depressing. And definitely a bonus of having a dog is that like you actually have to get up in the morning and take care of them and take them for a walk. You can't just stay in bed and, you know, be totally sad. Um, but then, yeah, like Jared was saying, I think the, the other thing, right, is that even though um, she has these kind of things against her, like she's a little bit older, it's hard for her to see. Um, she still doesn't let her, doesn't let that slow her down. She kind of gets up and goes and just rolls with the punches and still makes the best out of life. And I think definitely that's a good lesson for everybody out there. Like just, just keep going, you know, <laughs> would that, would that be fair to say? Is that kind of what, uh, the heroic aspect of Sonia is for you? For sure. For sure. She's my hero for sure. Sonia. All right, so um, we kind of got to know Sonia and Jared a little bit here. Now, uh, probably it's time for us to to jump into and learn a little bit more about uh, the heroic dog from history that is, uh, you know, on on making an appearance on the podcast today. So, Jared, are you are you ready to move on and talk about uh, a famous dog? Uh, well, I mean, I could talk about Sonia all day, uh, but I, I am interested in hearing about the, some other amazing dogs. So yeah, let's get into uh, today's story. I'm really excited. So for today's story, I'm actually, I'm really excited to talk about this dog. And because Sonia is so tiny, uh, I wanted to pick another dog who was small, but who had a huge uh, impact um, on, on history. And so the first dog that we're going to feature on Masha and the dogs, um, I, I can't, I can't wait to tell you about, okay, you guys ready? I don't think you're ready. I really, I don't know, but okay. Okay. Here goes. Sergeant Stubby. That's right. If you haven't heard about Sergeant Stubby, Jared, have you heard about Sergeant Stubby? Uh, I have because I know you. Right. Okay, fair. Yeah, I talk about Sergeant Stubby a lot because I think he's uh, he's uh, he's pretty awesome. He's badass. Like this little dog, you're gonna you know hear more about him, and you're gonna realize that he's just a uh, an an absolute badass. Um, but you know, I think Sergeant Stubby probably is one of the more famous dogs. I think so. If you know dogs, you probably have heard the name at least mentioned. You might not know exactly you know what Sergeant Stubby is all about, which is why. I'm here to give you the full deets on Sergeant Stubby. All right. Are you guys ready to learn? We're ready to learn. Let's learn. Okay. So, um, thankfully, because of all of, uh, you know, Sergeant Stubby's uh, adventures, he is actually surprisingly well documented. Uh, we know a lot about Sergeant Stubby. So I'm excited to share this uh, information with you guys. But before I jump in, I just want to let you know about some of the resources that I used. Um, this really was exciting to me, by the way, to do this research because I'm a nerd. Um, and so the one thing I did not use is uh, Wikipedia because we all know that is not a, an academic source. Isn't that right, Jared? Uh, unless it's linked, in which case you can use the place where it's cited as an academic source. All right. Okay. So he's, <laughs> he's more of a nerd than I am. All right, guys. Okay. So, but 
regardless, here's a, here are the two source, sources that I used. Uh, one is History Extra. Uh, they had a really nice uh, long article on Sergeant Stubby. And then the other one, which was really interesting site, is World War One Letters. Um, has a lot of really great uh, resources there as well. Um, so those are the sources and here we go, ready to learn more about Sergeant Stubby. So I don't know if you know, Jared, but Sergeant Stubby was actually uh, America's most decorated war dog. Wow. That's a huge accomplishment, huge. Um, so he, during the First World War, so this is kind of the timeline that we're dealing with. We're looking at World War One. Uh, Sergeant Stubby participated in four offensives and seventeen battles. Could you just take a moment to wrap your head around that? Like, pretty crazy. That's like uh, at least twice the amount of offensives that uh, Sonia has been involved in. Sonia has been involved in no <laughs> offensives. <laughs> um, Sometimes she does get offended, but that's different. He has offended a lot, but that's not the type of uh, offensiveness that uh, Sergeant Stubby was involved. So um, I, I think that's fair to say that like that's a pretty incredible accomplishment for, for anyone, uh, let alone a dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and in case, you know, you're triggered by kind of really sad dog stories, I just want to let you know that this one has a pretty happy ending. So don't don't stop listening just because you think it might be sad. It's actually an amazing story. Okay. So how did, how did Stubby come to be such a heroic dog? So we're going to travel back in time. We're going back to World War I uh, to explore this incredibly important historical figure. Wait, hang on. We got to fire up our uh, dog-shaped time machine. That's right. Crank the the dog tail. All right. Here we are. Back in 1916. Uh 1916 is probably when Sergeant Stubby was born. Um that's what we think. We we don't really know exactly when he was born. Um, the exact date is not known, uh, you know, as he was found as a stray and uh, he didn't carry any documents on him that identified his exact mm-hmm. birth date um, be- because he was a dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have those things, unfortunately. Um, so the other thing, too, is no one really sure like what breed he was, um, but he was described uh, in kind of the early news stories as either a bull terrier or a Boston terrier. Uh, I would definitely say he had some Boston Terrier in him because he has, uh, you know, that like um, black and white little tuxedo uh, going on that the Boston Terrier has. He Mm -hmm, has a very mm -hmm. similarly shaped face. Definitely not a purebred uh, anything though, right? No, no. He was a a mix of, uh, you know, something. And then he had a pretty short stature. Um, he had a bit of a barrel shape, <laughs> which I love. Uh, I think he was a bit chonky is what we're saying mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a very friendly temperament and a friendly disposition. Nice. Which is not really what Sonia has. Mm, again, depending on the day. Depends on the day, yeah. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, uh, Stubby didn't have a very glamorous start to his life. Um, this is kind of sad, but, you know, until 1917, so for about, you know, the first year of his life, um, it is thought that he wandered the streets of New Haven, Connecticut, uh, and he was just basically scrounging the scraps of food, like he was a little stray dog 
you know, doing what he could to survive. Um, this is, you know, incredibly heartbreaking. No, no dog deserves this type of life. Like I think about Sonny being a stray and it, it makes my heart hurt a lot. Yeah, definitely don't want that. Um, but, you know, Stubby's uh, luck changed, you know, his fortune really uh, changed in 1917 because he's a very clever dog and he began hanging out uh, with a group of soldiers uh, and they were members of the 102nd Infantry Regiment. Uh, uh, you know, they Great, were... great uh, infantry regiment, by the way. Yes, uh, it, it, it is actually. One of my faves. For sure. Um, so they were training in the grounds of uh, Yale uh, University. Uh, so that's why they were there. And uh, Stubby uh, spotted them and was like, hey, those guys look pretty cool. I wouldn't mind uh, chilling with them. So he did. Um, you know, as an offside, um, Jared's favorite infantry regiment, which is <laughs> the 102nd. Hey now, I don't know if it's my favorite. It's just a pretty good one. So the 102nd Infantry Regiment was organized in August 1917, uh, and it had 3,755 officers. Um, so I didn't know what infantry meant, um, so I had to look it up. So apparently these officers engaged in military combat on foot, uh, which... Uh, distinguish them from cavalry, artillery, and armed forces. So they uh, walked everywhere and fought people. Oh, that's interesting. I thought it was like uh, like they were infants, right? The infantry, like the fighting babies. Wow. So Masha's really bringing a, a lot of knowledge here already on the podcast, really teaching me a lot. So well, I'm glad that's the... Anyway, they're, they're not baby fighters. That's horrible. That's not... <laughs> It's not what we want, okay? On foot, grown. Well, I mean, I was gonna say adult, but probably some of these guys in World War One were were pretty young. But moving on from that very awkward uh, moment, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that's what I'm here for. The 102nd Infantry Division uh, was active in the first and second World Wars, and they participated in the War on Terrorism. I am not sure in which capacity, and to be honest with you, I didn't really look that much further into that. Um, and they're still active today. Uh, they wow. underwent some restructuring, so they've been moved to the 10th Mountain Division, um, if that if that tells you anything. Uh, I'm actually not 100% sure what any of this means, to, to, to be totally honest with you, but it was kind of important to give a, a background into the regiment that Stubby was uh, serving mm -hmm, with. Mm -hmm. So here we are. Um, so anyway, as I, you know, as I mentioned, Stubby got really friendly with the soldiers from the said 102nd Infantry uh, Division. Um, and one of the men, he was a 25-year-old private named Robert Conroy. He really took a shining to the young dog and uh, he, he began to take care of him. And he named him, he's the one, so Robert Conroy is the one who named him Stubby. Nice. Um, because of Stubby's tail, which was... Stubby. Which was stubby, right on, yeah. right on. <laughs> and because he was short and chunky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good name. You look at him; he's Sergeant Stubby. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. He's so, he's so cute, you know. But actually, so he didn't name him Sergeant Stubby. Ah, I'm gonna get to that later. He's gonna earn the the title of Sergeant, right? That's correct. That's right. We'll get to that. But okay. he just named him Stubby. So he's just Stubby for now. For now, he's just Stubby mm -hmm. because. Uh, his short and he had a stubby tail right 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 
very descriptive. Um, so anyway, um, interesting thing is like I was trying to do more research on Robert Conroy to like mm -hmm. really understand who he is, like what his background is and stuff. And not a lot, not a lot on him. Mm. Well, most most of the important stuff he did was naming uh, a dog. So. Well, yeah, so stubby. So any, basically, the only information I could find on Robert Conroy, he was mentioned uh, in um, kind of alongside stubby. Um, so a bit, bit of a hanger on, you know. Yeah, so definitely. Bit of a groupie. I would say, I, I guess so, yeah. So, you know, uh, not, not a whole lot of info there but, uh, on Robert Conroy, but, um, you know, we know that he was Stubby's human, and uh, he, he seems like he was a good da dog dad, though. Mm -hmm. And so we like him. Cool. Yeah, I like him, too. It's important, you know, you, we want a good dog dad in your life. Yeah, seems like a nice guy, giving the dog a good name, maybe, uh, you know, taking him into um, the infantry here. So, yeah, definitely doing uh, Stubby a favor, considering the rough upbringing uh, that he faced. Yeah, for sure. Just really, uh, I think, a, a good guy. At least I hope so. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So then in September of uh, 1917... Um, Conroy actually ended up smuggling Stubby uh, aboard USS Minnesota at Newport News. Um, it And that ship was bound for France. So I, I guess we can kind of extrapolate from that, that, you know, they, the this regiment, you know, they finished their training at the grounds of Yale University. And then they were making their way over to France to fight in, in World War One. And Conroy was so attached to Stubby that he couldn't, fathom um the idea of not being with him so he smuggled him on the ship wow pretty wild pretty wild crazy uh journey for a dog to go on as well oh for a human at that time but also just like that's pretty dangerous right you know like i think he could have gotten into a lot of trouble if people found out that he was bringing bringing a dog definitely definitely so um stubby was hidden in a coal bin um until basically the ship was too far out to sea to turn back. Hmm. So he kept him hidden until the point of no return. Nice. Pretty clever. I think so. Um, really a uh, beg for forgiveness rather than ask permission type of approach. Yeah. I think that it's mostly what you do also. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely uh, relate to that as a strategy. <laughs> All right. So... I, I wanted to note here, too, that um, when Stubby was hanging out with the soldiers, so before he got on the ship, so going back a little bit, um, the men taught him how to raise his paw in salute. Cool. Sonia knows how to do that. Yeah. When you say shake paw, mm -hmm. she does. Mm -hmm. If you have treats, she does. Yeah. No treats, no paw. But I guess Stubby, you know, they, they taught him how to raise his paw in salute. So when, when they arrived in France... Um, Stubby was, you know, inevitably he was discovered by uh, Conroy's commanding officer, um, who may have been a little bit shocked, I think, probably, to discover a dog. He's probably expecting a rat, maybe, on the ship. That's pretty normal. But a dog? What? How did that happen? Um, but, so anyway, so yeah, he was, uh, he was discovered uh, by uh, Conroy's commanding officer. Um, but... You know, Stubby obviously already had developed great survival instincts, uh, probably from from the time that he spent on the sh on the streets. You know, yep. surviving. 
um, because he responded by saluting the commanding officer. Oh, very clever, very clever, Stubby. So the commanding officer discovered him, and 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 Stubby just went, "I salute you, officer." And I mean, like, how cute is that? Who could resist that? Could you resist that? Definitely not. You know, maybe if uh, maybe if it was a cat doing it or something, I wouldn't feel quite so bad for him but just you see this little dog here and he's giving you the salute you know it's gonna it's gonna capture your heart i think well listen even like you know when i'm eating something and sauna comes over and she can she can smell with her snooter that yeah there's food involved and she does the shake paw without me asking like that completely melts my heart and then before you know it i'm handing over a piece of my banana like uh, i would say that's that's the modern day equivalent yeah i would i would definitely say so so um naturally because of Stubby's quick charm, sorry, because of his charm and quick wit, mm-hmm. um, Stubby was actually given special orders, uh, allowing him to remain with the troops as their official mascot. Wow. And so following uh, Conroy's preliminary training in trench warfare, uh, Stubby went into the front lines and was in the trenches by February 5th, 1918. Which, by the way, today's February 6th. Wow. So, pretty, pretty wild. Pretty wild. So, uh, it was cold, is what I'm saying, when he went into the trenches. And he's short-haired. Yeah, not great. Not great. World War One trenches. Uh, they weren't a party. No. But. They were, like, they were, like, worse than the dog kettle. Much worse. Than what? Dog kettle. What? Kennel? Dog kennel. <laughs> kettles are for tea kennels are for dogs yeah 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 english mm-hmm. all right well i'm glad we cleared that up because i was confused yep. i was like what okay anywho um so as we you know discovered earlier stubby was involved in many battles while he was stationed overseas um including so some of these battles that he was in uh were the battle of marne i hope i'm saying that right I assume it has a French accent because they went to France. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and the Battle of Chateau Thierry. Nice. Nice. So those were some notable ones. I think we should probably point out he wasn't fighting against the French here, right? He, no, he was not. It's World War One. He was fighting with the American troops. Yeah, against... Whoever they were fighting in World War One, <laughs> probably the Germans. Yeah, I think I think the Germans. Yeah, definitely the Ger- the Germans. Um, or I guess uh, the Germans and the Prussians and uh, and the rest of the alliance there. Um, we don't need to get into it too much. This isn't a history podcast. We're talking about dogs, but just thought it would be helpful to clear that up. Yes, they were not fighting the French. They were fighting the other bad guys. Um, so essentially. Uh, Stubby's sharp ears, and we we don't mean physically here. He had stubby ears, mm-hmm. um, like the rest of him. But you know his hearing was sharp, and he had the ability to hear the whine of artillery shells before they landed, uh, and that was obviously extremely extremely useful because he could alert uh, his officers. Um, and this this part I, I just love it because Kate. So picture this: Kate's World War One, so it's nineteen eighteen, and Stubby had his own gas mask. Wow. I don't think they had anything for dogs. So, like, the soldiers must have loved him so much that they engineered 
a little dog gas mask for him. Yeah, and uh, using my history degree again here, uh, during gas attacks, some soldiers would use uh, piss-soaked rags um, to deal with uh, chlorine gas attacks. The ammonia in the rags actually help them to breathe. So Sergeant Stubby here, uh, as Masha leaves the mic to go and laugh uh, and choke on her tea, is definitely getting a better treatment than even uh, some of the soldiers here. Thank you, Jared, for You're welcome. for that You're welcome. helpful tidbit. Mm -hmm. um, definitely could not have made this podcast without it. Well, I just think it adds to the, uh, you know, the sensory experience of uh of the story here so so anyway so he had his own gas mask <laughs> not a rag not a piss rag right um and he experienced multiple gas attacks um and so he actually became incredibly skilled at warning the troops when the gas was approaching their positions um and he is credited with saving sleeping men in his company by running through the trenches while barking and tugging at their legs in order to wake wow. them up. So, you know, he could obviously smell the gas because he's a dog and has a much more developed sense of smell than we do. Yeah. Um, so he could smell the gas approaching and then would run through the trenches and wake up the man in, in, in there. Save yeah, their lives. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Reminds me of uh, my friend Banks back in Timmins. He would get like super, super drunk and uh, he would like fall asleep in the snow and it was up to his dog to like save his life a few times as well. So, so very similar. I'm not sure that I want you to on the podcast in the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's a different guest every episode, guys. But uh, thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. Shout out to Banks. <laughs> Right. Um, so he saved a lot of people uh, in the war from death. Um, and uh, when, you know, the gas alarm actually sounded, so Stubby would actually leave the trench uh, to avoid the gas until it cleared away. So he was also smart enough not only to, like, wake people up and save them, uh, but also to, to clear the premises and wait uh, until the gas went away uh, to save himself as well. So genius dog, really. So uh, Stubby also became an expert at locating wounded soldiers in no man's land. Um, if you don't know what that is, no man's land. Jared, can you explain it to our friends? Uh, so no man's land is the area between the trenches. Uh, so essentially you would have two trenches. Uh, one would be one uh, military occupying and then the military that they were fighting would be in trenches uh, across a field. Basically, there would be turrets and things like that set up and uh, everybody would have rifles aimed uh, at the opposition trench. So if you were crazy enough to get up uh, and try to run into the enemy trench, you would be dealing with uh, all types of uh, machine gun fire, rifle fire, barbed wire. Um, yeah, just 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 a mess, just a mess. So uh, if you watch the, the movie uh, Wonder Woman, the first one, uh, that's where that's when Wonder Woman gets up and she's got her shield and everyone's shooting at her. Uh, that's that's no man's land. And uh, yeah, there's your there's your there's your historical uh, perspective from Jared here. There. So I guess Stubby was like the World War One dog version of Wonder Woman. Basically, yeah. Um, because he definitely went out there into no man's land in order to locate his soldiers. And do you know Holy how? Cow. Do you know how he did it? By listening for voices speaking English. Mm. So 
if you're a dog owner, like, you know that your dog understands what you're saying, right? There's, like, some debate about it. Like, do they actually understand our words or just, like, the tone of our voice or whatever? If you own a dog, you know they understand words, like, for sure. But Sergeant Stubby could actually also distinguish between languages. Wow. Crazy, crazy. Like, genius level, right? Um, so, basically, he would slip out through the barbed wire. He would find the soldiers on uh, in no man land, and he'd either lead them back to the line, or he would uh, bark for medics to respond. Hmm. Wow, crazy. Just amazing. Um, and Stubby became the first dog to be formally granted rank in the U.S. Armed Forces when he received an honorary promotion to surgeon. Sergeant. Yeah, yeah. So this is when he becomes uh, Sergeant Stubby after saving some lives here uh, in No Man's Land. And uh, what date are we dealing with here? Uh, so I'm not sure about the exact date. Uh, and he didn't get the promotion to Sergeant because he simply saved some lives. Oh. Uh, but he, he got that because he uh, directly assisted in the capture of a German soldier oh. during patrol. Oh, holy moly. So that's about cake. Okay, so he was tiny, FYI. Mm-hmm. He was a small dog. Yeah. He captured a German soldier. Okay, let's let's learn about how What he... did he do? Bite at his ankles? Yes. <laughs> so, um, Stubby's... One of the greatest recorded achievements uh, occurred late one night in the Western Front. And um, this incident was later um, published in Stubby's half-page obituary in the New York Times, which we'll talk about a bit later too. But So um, here's the quote. Uh, in the Chemin de Dem, Stubby captured a German spy and saved a doughboy, which uh, was slang for United States infantrymen. So mm. he saved this doughboy from a gas attack. Uh, hearing a sound in the stillness of the night, the dog, who guarded sleeplessly, stole out of the trenches and recognized a German. Attempts by the German to deceive the dog were futile. Seizing his prisoner by the breeches, Stubby held on until help arrived. Wow. That is crazy. I mean, just brilliant. So brave, so brave. So, alerted by, you know, by, by all this commotion, Stubby's fellow soldiers uh, were then basically able to come and capture and then imprison uh, the spy. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for basically, so for his efforts that night, Stubby was issued uh, an Iron Cross medal Holy that God. had originally been given to the German spy. So, that's when he, not, he got his uh, promotion to sergeant. Nice, nice. And he got an Iron Cross that basically he took from the German spy. Wow, badass. Right? So, small but mighty. Small but mighty. For all you short people out there. <laughs> Don't let being short get you down. You too can uh, get an Iron Cross from a Nazi spy. No, not they're not Nazis he, yet. He German. German. Yeah, yeah. there were no, not, not, not Nazis no Nazis in that at that yet. point. Yeah. But, you know. They were a bunch of Kaiser, Kaiser fanboys. Bad guys. Not like Stubby. Not like Stubby anyways. That's right. Um, so, as we learned, war is a dangerous business. Yes, indeed. Um, and not unlike, you know, his human counterparts, Stubby obviously risked his life on the battlefield every day. And unfortunately, he did not 
and escape unscathed. Uh oh. So on April twentieth of nineteen eighteen, Stubby was unfortunately wounded in oh. the right foreleg Uh-oh. and chest by shrapnel uh, from a German grenade during oh. um, the fighting at Sichpre. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how to pronounce that or where that is, but I'm hoping I'm saying it right. If I'm not, someone tell me. So uh, the point is, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Stubby was, uh, you know, uh, injured in one of these um, battles. So he he survived. He was treated at a field hospital, um, which, like, just picture this, right? Like, this hospital is set up for soldiers. They bring this dog in, and they're not, they're like, we know this dog. We love this dog. We're going to do everything we can to help this dog survive. Like, I mm-hmm. just think that that's amazing. Leave no dog behind. Truly, truly. So he had surgery, um, and then he moved into a recovery area where he convalesced, and that's the word they use there, and I just love that. Like, I'm just picturing him, like, you know, the the beds in the that you see, like, in the movies, like, yep. the little iron beds with, like, just some white blankets in, in a row. I'm picturing mm-hmm, him, like, mm-hmm. laying in one of those with the rest of the soldiers. Yep. Probably not how it happened, but hey. Like, a little pipe in his mouth, maybe, you know. Probably he wasn't smoking. Having a glass of whiskey, right? Yeah. Um, just, you know, something like that. Gotta kill the pain, right? I mean, once you get that shrapnel out of you, you just want some whiskey. And so, you know, Stubby, uh, because he was so amazing, so despite being wounded and having gone through surgery that saved his life um, and his leg, he actually continued to just be absolutely amazing. And he boosted the uh, and improved the morale of the nursing staff and other wounded soldiers. I bet, I bet. So he was just there, like, lighting up people's lives, making them feel better, Um you know yeah as a good doggo does is he like could he potentially be the original therapy dog could be could be i mean there's probably earlier therapy dogs than this but this is a good uh, example yeah so just just beautiful so even when he was uh you know down and out he still lifted spirits nice. and uh contributed um so you know thankfully despite his injuries uh stubby was able to return home to america when the war was over so he survived the war a dog impressive went impressive. out into no man's field um captured a german spy uh jet like what what just uh, i can't it's just amazing so, so he survived the war went back home with uh robert conroy which presumably he also did some you know great things uh in the war like fight for uh his country but we don't really no because mostly uh it's about stubby mm-hmm. as it should be mm-hmm. so once he got home um he continued to live a full and happy life into the mid-1920s. Um, and so he actually followed Robert Conroy to Georgetown University Law School. Um, and he was named the mascot of that school. So essentially, Robert never left him behind anywhere. So he, you know, ever since um, they met, when Robert was just 25 years old, he kind of just brought him everywhere with him. And then I guess he was like, came back from the war and he was like, listen, I brought this dog to war with me and he went into battle. So you better believe I'm going to bring him to school with me. Nice. And uh, no one said no. You can't, you can't. He's a national hero at that point. So like this is a sergeant. Yeah, he's a sergeant. He's Sergeant Stubby, man. 
So I think that's uh, that's amazing. So um, he Stubby was honored with a medal for heroism from the Humane Education Society. Uh, if you don't know, it's an animal protection organization, but I'm sure you already do know. Um, and this is cool. Okay, so this is cool. He met three presidents. Wow, crazy. Can I guess which ones? Yeah. Um, Eisenhower, Truman, uh, Roosevelt. No. Oh, <laughs> any, were any of those right? No. Aw. <laughs> All right, so forget you said forget any of that. what I said. So the presidents he actually met were uh, Woodrow Wilson, uh, Calvin Coolidge, oh, and Warren G. Harding. Oh, those would have made more sense, yeah. How many presidents have you met? I have met... Uh, I, I met... Um, That's Doug, right. I met Doug Ford. That doesn't... That no, no, no. I was in a room with Justin Trudeau. Doesn't count. These presidents actually shook his paw. Well, I don't know if that happened, but (laughs) but they definitely meant so. I don't, I haven't met any presidents or prime ministers, um, but Stubby did, uh, so that's pretty awesome. So, this is, uh, you know, where we get to a part that I guess is a little bit sad, but um, in 1926, um, Stubby did pass away. Um, at home and in his uh, human's arms. Robert nice. Conroy uh, reportedly held him as Stubby took his last breath. So, um, you know, of course, this is sad, but I think considering everything, he he, he had a very, he quite, had a, quite a long, um, happy life. Like he, you know, uh, was born presumably 1916 and he passed in 1926. So how many years is that, Jerry? 26 minus 60? <laughs> 10. 10. Yeah, so he was 10, um, which I guess like by, you know, by modern standards, that's not really that long for a dog. Like Sonny's 15, um, knock on wood. But considering everything, I, th- I think that's pretty good. And he definitely had a, f- a very full life. Um, so this interesting uh, tidbit here, but Stubby's obituary uh, was published in New York Times Um and I'll try to put a link to it in uh, on our Instagram just because I, I read it and I think it's brilliant. Um, and not only that, but it was given a great deal more column space than many other notable people of the time. And this is true. Like, go to our Instagram, go look at the obituary. Uh, it's long. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, well, he was a really important uh, dog. So makes a lot of sense to me. I think so. Like, definitely well-deserved. Um and so uh, today, apparently, I think, maybe still, uh, Stubby's remains are on display as part of the uh, Smithsonian exhibit at the Price of Freedom Americans at War in Washington, D.C. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, That's kind of weird. I feel kind of strange. But I mean, I guess like Lenin, Lenin is on display. Yeah. So could we say that Stubby got the same type of honor? I guess. Yeah, sure, sure. A little bit creepy, though. Yeah. Did Lenin have a dog? I'm not sure. Oh, all right. Um, some some uh, future topic to get into, maybe. Yeah, and so he he can be uh, seen standing at the ready, uh, and he's wearing his decorations uh, on a chamois service blanket uh, that was made for him by the grateful women of uh, Chateau Terry, France. That's where he wow. fought one of the battles. Wow. 
yeah, that's how much he was loved. The people of uh, that uh, town made him a special, special blanket, and it had all of his decorations on it. So his uh, iron cross and all that things. Phenomenal. Pretty cool, right? Um, so Stubby was actually also honored with a brick in the Walk of Honor at the National World War One Museum at Liberty Memorial in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, on November 11th, 2006. So I guess like uh, as recently as 2006, people were still uh, thinking about him and still still honoring him. Wonderful, yeah. And uh, that is the story of Sergeant Stubby. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, I had ch- kind of heard uh, the name in passing. I knew a little bit uh, about Sergeant Stubby, just again uh, from living with Masha, I guess. Uh, I kind of knew that he fought in World War One and a few things like that, but it was definitely really interesting to get into uh, some more detail here and definitely an inspiring story of uh, a little dog with a big heart. Yes. Uh, thanks for that summary. But yeah, beautiful. Um, you know, such a prolific, prolific hero and really important, I think, to remember, uh, you know, the, the dog heroes in, mm-hmm. in these wars too. Mm-hmm. Like definitely, mm-hmm. you know, humans for sure. But, you know, the other thing is like humans ch- could sometimes like choose to participate in these things. Whereas, you know, sure, like Stubby's life was improved, but really Conroy made the decision to take him with him, right? Yeah. And still like, look, unlike Son, not unlike Sonia, he just made the best out of the situation. He was like, hey, this is where I'm at in the trenches in the winter. It's heckin' cold, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go save some doughboys and capture some German spies. You gotta and, save those doughboys. And that's what he did. Amazing. So, Amazing. all right, well, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this story of Sergeant Stubby. Uh, I hope you found it a little bit inspiring, uh, educational. I hope you learned something. Um, it, yeah, and uh, I'm really, I'm just, I'm so happy that this was, uh, you know, our first episode. I think uh, I'm so excited. We did a great job. Thank you for being a guest. Um, now, uh, obligatory uh, sort of self-promotion there, Jared. Do you want to tell people where they can follow you uh, on social media and see your dog and my dog, <laughs> Sana? Uh, for sure. If you want to, well, obviously, if you're listening to this, you like listening to podcasts. And I have one. So as I mentioned before, you guys can look up the Photography Brothers podcast. Uh, We talk about photography on that podcast, not dogs. Sometimes maybe dogs. I don't know. We might find a reason. Are there any dogs who were photographers? Um, Not that I know of off the top of my head, but we will find out. (laughs) Uh, Another good place to follow me and uh, get a glimpse of Sonya here and there is the Galaxy channel on YouTube. Uh, We're actually doing a series on podcasting right now, so you might find that interesting. And uh, you can also find me on all the other places, Instagram, Facebook, and such, at GalaxyDesignTO, where, again, you might find some pictures of Sonya on there as well. All right, cool. Thanks, Jared. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Masha.AndTheDogs. Um, and you'll see lots of pictures of Sonia on there, um, as well as featuring pictures of all the other dogs who are going to be guests on these podcasts and the historic dogs through time. So if you want to see a picture of Sergeant Stubby, head over to Masha Dot and the Dogs on Instagram. And uh, until next time, 
stay well, stay safe, and go cuddle your dog.